another episode of Simply Put. This isn't a real episode. This is just me updating you on some things. And me being really fucking angry and uh, explaining how it's going to be taken care of because I am using my privilege to my advantage. Today, well, yesterday at this point, uh, I got over being sick and I didn't have a voice for a couple of days and realized that I hadn't heard from my mom for a week. And for those of you who have been around for the last six months, my mom is not doing well. Uh, back in April, she had um, she had made some comments that made me concerned and I had her go to the doctors and they did some testing and they found out her brain was deteriorating. She uh, had another MRI after seeing a specialist in July and found out that she had fractured her skull at some point. And um, today I found out that she also has broken her spine. I found out that this was going on uh, after I realized I hadn't heard for her for, from her for a week. I made some phone calls to her friends to see the last time that they had heard from them, heard from her, um, and nobody had heard from her in a week. So I started calling, and my husband started calling, and we started texting, and the phone kept ringing. Uh, so we knew the phone was at least charged. Um, but finally, at about 4 o'clock today, I called father-in-law, and I wanted to see if there were any accidents back home, uh, any, like, vehicle accidents that had resulted in death or serious injury, and there wasn't. I texted and called the prosecutors, like, my old boss was Gary's, Gary's wife, and, and by the time she had gotten back to me, I had already gotten myself in such a big panic that I could not, um, I could not calm myself down. And so I, uh, I called my father-in-law, and he again didn't answer. So I called my mother-in-law, and I was like, listen, I haven't heard from my mom for a week, and I know what I have to do, but I don't want to do it by myself. She's like, I will take care of it. Uh, right after I hung up with her, her husband called me back, and he's like, I'm going to call Scott Frank. For those of you who don't know, which is probably almost all of you, uh, he is the sheriff in our town. And so we hopped on a phone call and called his personal cell phone, and he started the wellness check before we even had given him all of the information. Uh, Scott Frank also lived across the street from my husband growing up. And uh, so they send, they send somebody over. I get a call from a weird number, I answer it, it's officer something or other, who I have a bone to pick with now, he's just like, hello, we are at your mom's house, somebody named Doug said do a wellness check, I'm like, she doesn't know anybody named Doug, you're talking about Greg, I am aware, I asked him to do it, well, we're at her house, and her car's here, but the blinds are drawn, and nobody's answering the phone, do you have, do you have the authority to get permission to access, and I said yes. And he said, I need you to say that again. And I was like, yes, like, go in. Break down the door if you have to. Make sure she's okay. 
and 25 minutes go by and 45 minutes go by and this whole time I'm talking to to Gary's wife and finally I'm like Christy I am not okay this has been so long I'm and she's like you're probably a big ball of anxiety I'm like I am she's like just wait and I'm like I have been for this long and it just so happens that they live a couple blocks away from me and he went down there and made the officer contact me or tried to make the officer contact me the best he was willing to do was have me call my mom's phone and then answer the phone so he told Christy Christy told me I called my mom's phone and I was like hello and he's just like your mom is okay she slipped and fell but she's fine um she's just got a couple bumps and bruises she's gonna go get checked out at the hospital and I was like okay um he's like EMS is on the way and I was like okay can I talk to her and then he just kind of said you know she's she's going to the hospital and you can meet her there and I was like oh okay and then he hung up the phone and so I make arrangements for my daughter to be dropped off at school tomorrow by one person and picked up by another person um, because she has a field trip and she's going to a library and the library in our town looks like a castle and she's super excited and she gets to keep a book like she gets to pick a book to keep and she's just now really loving books and uh, and uh, I pick up my son's prescription because he woke up with pink eye from his nap because of course off we go and in the meantime I had a meeting with uh, the DEI director of my alma mater for a project that I'm working on for this channel and I had been putting pushing it off um, throughout the day and finally I like I was waiting for his grown pediatrician to call back and then I was waiting to hear back about my mom and uh, that I was trying to figure stuff out, and so I finally called him, and I'm like, listen, like, this is what's going on. I cannot, I can't make this work today. I am so sorry. And I get all the things that I need to do. I I get ready to drive on autopilot to my hometown. I call Tammy Bean, because she's my fucking person. Like, she's my mom away from home, and she talks to me for, like, an hour and a half, in which I uh, get lost. Uh, I get lost uh, driving the same route that I have driven almost every weekend for the entirety of the time I was growing up. And then I get lost again talking to uh, my friend Alyssa, who had been checking in with me every day. Like, she had, she had called me on her way to work that morning, and we were talking about uh, the birthday party that my daughter had just gone to for her children. And next thing you know, I'm like, hey, listen, like, we're doing a wellness check on my mom. And then it's, oh, hey, like, the officers are forcing entry. And she's just like, I am at work right now, uh, but I can cancel my client for the afternoon because he's probably not going to show up anyway. Like, what do you need from me? I don't, I don't need anything. Uh, but she gets out of work at the perfect time, uh, and I call and I talk to her while I'm lost in my husband's hometown and that was fucking awful and I dropped my son off to my sister-in-law 
and then I go see my mom. Well, no, that's not true. And then I make a phone call to the hospital to make sure that I can still go now that it's two and a half hours past visiting hours. And I explain who I am. I explain that the officer told me that she was going to be there. I ask when I can come see her, and they're like, you know, she's really disoriented. And she doesn't, she can't answer the questions appropriately. She doesn't know what's going on. So actually, if you are close enough to come in, uh, I would really like it. We would really like it if you would come in so you can answer the questions that she can't. I was like, okay, like I'm in the next town over. I will be there in 25 minutes. Do I just go to like the emergency department? And they're like, well, she's going to be admitted. Um, but I don't know what room she's going to be in yet. So just go to information. I will call up there, let them know to expect you. And then they will, they will tell you what room she's in. And you can come back. And I was like, okay. Um, my husband's aunt is the nursing director at the hospital my mom is in. The sheriff went and did a walkthrough of my mom's house to make sure that it was resecured after the officers broke in. We called on his personal line. The former prosecuting attorney walked down to my house to make sure that this officer gave me an update about what was going on with my mom. And I do want to point out that, like, both he and his wife had offered to go do the wellness check. And I said no, because Gary has known my mom since they were kids. And I didn't think that it was fair that if something wasn't okay, that he be the one who has to deal with that. Because, yes, in his job, he's seen crime scene photos, and he's heard horrible things, and he's seen horrible things. Um, but in this situation, not only would he have seen a horrible thing, but if she had passed away and just been there, um, he would not only see the thing, but then he would also have to tell the person who he watched grow up what had happened. And that, that just didn't seem fair to me. Um, go traumatize somebody who gets paid to be traumatized for stuff like that. Um, and then I get there, and I meet, like, her nurses, and, like, they're great, they're nice, whatever, um, I don't have any complaints about them, and they tell me, you know, she's got a pressure sore on her back, like, this size, um, which means she's been laying there for at least three days, so I'm angry, I am fucking pissed, I am pissed. I'm pissed for a lot of reasons. Like, I was irritated to begin with at this officer because he didn't call me back after he asked permission to enter into my mom's house. Um, I understand that Greg's phone number was first specifically so that if something terrible happened, he would be the one to tell me, and I wasn't hearing from an officer that my mom was dead in a fucking pile of goo. But instead, he told me everything was fine. She's just got some bumps and bruises, all of this. And then I get to the hospital. She's been laying in her own filth for three fucking days. And she's got a pressure sore the size of her entire back. And she's so fucking confused. They broke hospital rules so that I could come in there and answer questions. She wasn't okay. 
and I'm pissed that he led me to believe that she was. I'm pissed that he gave my father-in-law more information than he gave me. And I'm pissed that he questioned why Officer Frank would, uh, Officer Franks would uh, go back and secure the house because that's not part of their job. I don't know what the officer's last name is. It is 2.45 in the morning and I'm driving back to my son so that I can feed him sleep a little bit and do the whole fucking thing tomorrow and still be back in my hometown by the time my daughter gets like it's time for her to go to bed because I don't want to spend her to spend another night away from home because that's that's what my job is as a parent is I chose to have children and I have to put them first. And I don't want to fucking do this. I don't. I don't want to make these decisions. I'm all alone. My mom doesn't have any other kids. My husband just happened to be in town this week. Most weeks he's not. Most weeks, Monday through Thursday, he's traveling for work. He leaves Sunday at some time in the early afternoon and doesn't come back until so late on Thursday. It might as well be Friday. I do it all alone. And I still make it work. And that's not me bragging. There's an awful lot of privileges of being able to network, of having a family that has some level of power, of being able to pull from the power that my husband's family has in town and the longevity that my family has had in town and to make coming from a small town benefit me. But I have all of this support for other people. Who's left to support me? And I was talking about this uh, to Tammy on the way there, and this isn't necessarily anything other than a conversation about privilege because I picked up and moved my entire life 12 hours away from home to go to college, and I had no intention of coming back, and I came back because my grandmother passed away a couple months into my freshman year of college, and I didn't want to lose anybody else in my family and not be able to be there because I was so far away, and I still don't, I still don't, like, but my entire support system is 10 to 12 hours away, and that's not to say that I haven't created my own village here, because I have. Um, I'm geeked that my sister-in-law and my nieces um, are planning on moving to the town that I live in so that we can have the kids grow up together. I am fucking ecstatic for that. I'm so thankful for Megan, who is picking up my daughter from school tomorrow, and just making sure that she's taken care of and she's someplace safe so that I don't have to worry about it. And to my mom's cousin, Pam, who is who took her for the night last, last night, yeah, last night, um, to make sure that she could get to school on time and she could still go to her, God, go to her field trip. I'm thankful that 
my in-laws were willing to take that off of my hands and take that off of my conscience. And I am thankful even that Alex's dad, who I don't normally have anything positive to say about it, I called him. And he was still at work, but he called as soon as he got out of work and was ready to go to my mom's house and do whatever needed to be done and re-secure the house and be there however I needed him and gave me his work address to make or his work phone number to make sure that if I ever needed anything like that again, um, to make sure that I um, I had the ability to contact him because he would be able to leave work in order to do that. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. I am incredibly blessed to be able to have those resources to help when I need them. But I think a lot of you think that me being able to do that indicative of